Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined on a lovely April 1st. It's a Friday. It's April Fool's Day, but nobody's got tricks over here. Just fun times with the gang, Paris Lilly and Gary Witta. Paris, I'll start with you because Gary's got something fun I want to ask him about. Paris, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, it's funny, I uh, on Monday, I, I tweeted out, I go, you know, I have a feeling it's going to be a big week. And little did I know, it was going to be a big week. There's a lot that happened this week. Um, I, I will say, though, on a personal note, and this does affect the group, as far as our kind of funny uh, fantasy draft goes, um, I'm screwed. The game that I was literally counting on is coming out in 2023, so I'm screwed. So I got to scramble now. I, I, I need a miracle. That's all I got to uh -huh. say. Harris and Gary, it is time for you, for all of us to come <laughs> together and maybe reevaluate what we're doing. Because, man, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 being delayed into 2023, that's a hit, Paris. That was your big yeah. one right there. Yeah. That was your big one. Y'all yeah. are still up like 50 points. I do want to, uh, y'all really sprung forward this week. Yeah, we had some good ones. Of course, Weird West did yep. release. So, Paris, mm -hmm. you got some points on the board once again, which, you know, I'm going to ask you about in just a little bit. We'll talk about Weird West and the release and your thoughts on it so far but uh yeah it might be time to go to the drawing board you two and uh see what we can do and how we can scramble and fix that but gary Witta, before the fantasy critic of course this past couple of weeks you've been getting into a new hobby you know you've been one to collect xbox controllers now i see you're messing around with keyboards what's going on with that gary Witta? yeah i've always been fascinated by uh by the mechanical uh keyboard world i've been been looking at uh keyboard porn on 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 my uh on my instagram for quite a while now and i've been fascinated to to start building some of my own and it's always it's always seemed like a little bit of a um inscrutable hobby to me it's like, i don't know is, what's the barrier to entry here it seems like a bit of a money pit and there's a lot going on with like soldering irons and stuff like that but I decided to take the, take the plunge, and I there's a few. It turns out I knew a few friends who who really kind of are knowledgeable in that world. Have built lots of their own keyboards, and I ordered some parts, and I finally have all the parts I need to to build my own. So that might be a little bit of a, a weekend project for me, messing around with switches and keycaps and stabilizers and lube and all kinds of good oh, stuff. Oh wow, Gary! I oh, like yeah, there's that. Lube. There's lube involved, lube. Mike. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. wow, Gary. Uh, Gary, I'll ask you this then, since you're getting into this and excited to build them. What is the dream keyboard setup? Is there a certain colorway that we would see out of you? Well, so the nice, I mean, do I have anything in front of me right now? What do I have? So this is actually my main, hold on. This is my my main keyboard that I use over on my Mac. This is called a Keychron uh, K2. And as you can see, it's got very pretty kind That's... of black, white, red uh, colorway. And it's also got very, very nice uh, Gator on brown switches. And I'm sure for people who are unaffiliated or uninitiated with the mechanical keyboard world, it's all, all this stuff's jargon's not going to mean very much. But it has that, it has that lovely thocky sound. Okay, so it okay. has that very, very satisfying sound to it. And, you know, there's people are, it, it, obviously it's, it's a matter of taste and people are always looking for like their own personal perfect kind of, you know, sound and feel and look. Um, and that's why it's so, you know, infinitely customizable with so many different kinds of switches and springs and O-rings and all kinds of stuff you can do to like, just like keep tweaking it and just getting it, fine tuning it to exactly how you want it. I, I haven't really started on that process yet. I know the kind of feel that I like, which is that kind of slightly thocky kind of clicky feel like you kind of know it when you feel it. There's a sound that like hits you just right. It's almost like an ASMR kind of vibe. Um, and I'm going to start, like, as I said, start playing around this weekend and seeing, seeing what I like to, what, what it is that I want to achieve. Right, Gary. I can't wait to see what you complete over this weekend. But guys, like Paris said, we've had a big week, a lot of video game news to break down, talk about. So let's jump right in 
to the show because I can't wait to hear about MLB The Show and Weird West from Paris and Barrett. But before I talk about all that, let's jump right into it because this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget we are now Epic Games Partners, which means if you are buying Fortnite uh, V-Bucks, if you're buying games off the Epic Games Store, you can help support the team in a brand new way by using our Epic Creator Code at checkout. Kind of funny. Anytime you purchase something that way. So please continue to support the team. Just like we'd like to thank our friends who have supported us over on Patreon for the month of April. We have some new Patreon producers right now. So shout out to Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, Pranksky, Dan, Golden Spider B, Tyler, Wa- Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. So thank you all so much for your support on Patreon. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Uplift Desks, but we'll tell you all about that in a little bit. Guys, let's jump in right now, because I'm very excited to hear Paris Lily tell me about Weird West. It just dropped last night over on Game Pass. I'm excited to play it. It even has the cloud feature where you don't even have to download the game, which I'm pretty pumped about. But Paris, tell me all about your experience with Weird West. So my my experience with Weird West actually goes back uh, to 2020. That was the first time oh, wow. I saw it. I think it was the PC Gamer Show. This was during the pandemic, right? During the summer of madness. It was like the first time I saw it on, on that stream. And I was like, that's a game I got to keep my eye on. That that looks really cool. Um, it's Wolf Eye Studios um, that is made up of former Arcane developers who who helped make Prey and, and Dishonored. So So that's the pedigree right there. Um, getting my hands on it, and, and thanks to Devolver Digital, they sent me a PC code a couple of weeks ago. So getting my hands on it, um, I absolutely love it. I, I really do. Um, it's it, it's great because there's five different characters or five different stories that that are happening in this game. Um, it is a top down RPG. Um, kind of the controls are twin stick. So think um, if you played played the Ascent, similar to that in that way. Um, full-on rpg upgradable the the story is great there's kind of a narrator that kind of pushes you along the way um your choices seemingly do matter that you get to make during during dialogue choices um you get to kill all the things while, while you're playing i love a lot of unique ways and scenarios that you can get into um you know with v- various characters and it's called weird west because it's set in the old west but there's a supernatural element to it as well oh. right and and there's this whole mystery that's unfolding and like i said the five different stories you know converge all all of that but i adore it i really do i i, I think it's a phenomenal game it's funny i i peaked at open critic on what gary was talking just a second ago and i saw it looks looks like the score right now is 76 you know not bad i i, I personally thought it would be higher than that um on, on my personal scale I, I would probably give this an eight out of ten um it's not necessarily going to be everyone's cup of tea i i get that but it fits right into my wheelhouse because like i said i i, I love an rpg that i feel respects my time and i feel i feel rewarded as i'm doing collecting things and upgrading weapons and gear and, and exploring through the world that you have and it, it felt fulfilling to me. It, it felt fun. And like I said, the, the five different character stories converging together is I, I like that dynamic that's in there. So you're getting these different perspectives as, as you're going through the game. Um, it's great. And like you said, uh, Mike, it's on Game Pass. Uh, it's on game, you know, obviously on console. It's on Game Pass PC. You can play it on the cloud as well. I highly suggest people give it a chance. Check it out. You know, I... I the past couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about indie games. Obviously, there was ID8 at Xbox a couple of weeks ago. And this this is the whole point why you say you, you, you support indie games. You support a studio like Wolf Eye Studios because they're bringing something fresh. You know, maybe it, it's borrowing from other other different tropes that, that we've seen before with RPGs, but it's putting it together in this unique way that I think as people experience it and, and play the story, they're absolutely going to love it. I, re- I really think that. So highly recommend it for me. Definitely recommend if you're on Xbox, you're subscribed to Game Pass. It's almost a no-brainer to go check it out. If you go purchase it, I believe it's 40 bucks. I believe so. So, you know, not not a $60, $70 game. And uh it'll definitely be worth your time. I, I would say I'm probably about a good 18, 20 hours into it. 
myself. So, you know, there, there, there's, there, there's some, some meat to the bone as well. Not a quick experience, but um, you'll enjoy it for sure. Very exciting stuff. Gary, any questions for Paris about Weird West? You're my RPG guy, the old school, old school kind. Uh, anything jump out to you there while we were seeing some footage from Barrett? No, I had been watching it over the, uh, it's been popping up in my Twitter feed quite a bit over the past week. And uh, anything um, from Devolver always catches my eye because they just do really interesting stuff. And I like the look of the little bit of footage that I saw. Uh, I just, I literally just discovered from you, Mike, that it's on Game Pass. When Game Pass <laughs> strikes again, I was like, I, I was just thinking, I'm going to have to go like drop some cash on this thing to, to try it out. Nope, Game Pass saves the day yet again. So I am going to give it a try this weekend. It looks, it looks very much up my alley from, from what I've seen and from what Paris was just saying, describing it. You know, it's, it's funny with that because I guess they announced it was on game pass late last year and I missed it. And then I saw it again recently, you know, obviously it's on game pass and I was talking about it on Twitter and I was like, no, they said that a while ago, but dude, again, I, I was honestly shocked that that game was on game pass because it's, I do feel it's, you know, it's worth, you know, jumping out and, and spending the 40 bucks to play. So the fact that Microsoft made the deal with Devolver to get it in Game Pass is just another reason why it's one of the best values in the yeah, game. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. We checked that box early on this show, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, way. we can move on now. We're oh, going to be we talking a lot one. about Game yeah. Pass here in just a little bit because actually another game that's coming to Game Pass next week, it is spring, which means it's time to hit the diamond. And Barrett has jumped into MLB The Show 22 Barrett, what are your early impressions of MLB The Show 22? Yeah, so we, we got codes, I think, right as uh, the deluxe ed, uh, edition came out for people who ordered that and got to start playing a, a few days early. Uh, so I downloaded it on both my PS5 and my Xbox Series S last night. Got all of the, the things connected because, you know, there's cross-play, cross-progression, cross-save, all that good stuff. And I, I don't know if any of that... I, I know the cross-play was something last year. I forget if there was cross progression and all that stuff uh last year um as well and you know alongside that you know the game's out on both of those systems but then it will also be out on switch which i believe is the the first year that this is happening for mlb the show so that's very interesting uh with all of that of being able to have your you know your consoles uh you know plugged into your your tv at home and then you know have the ability to you know pick up and go on the play uh play some games on the go on your switch as well which is kind of cool i have no uh i have not touched the the switch version so i can't really speak to that and uh how all that runs but honestly playing a little bit last night and to uh going back uh, to a little bit this morning of just like kind of checking out um a little bit of everything it it feels more of the same and you know i, I feel like this is less of an MLB the show problem and more of like the, you know, the yearly sports entry conundrum where it's like, what, what do you really do to like, I don't know, just to feel more engaging year to year. Um, you know, I, I said this about uh, 21 last year, right. Where it was like, I, I did expect, you know, the reception to be a little lower on the PlayStation uh, fan base side of things because uh, 21 also felt a little bit more of the same of uh, 2019 and 2020. Like 2019 was the last uh, entry in MLB The Show where it was like, oh, they're actually like adding some like cool new modes. And the last few years have been a little more iterative on on things and uh, like tweaking some things uh, here and there, but nothing super major. Um, but yeah, last year I was saying like, oh, you know, it'll probably be kind of shrugs from, you know, PlayStation fans because it's more of the same, but then, you know, the Xbox fans who uh, last year got to play this for the first time are probably going to be really high on it and be like, oh my God, like this really good baseball sim, uh, which it is. It's just, you know, it's kind of the, 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 the same great baseball sim every year. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I didn't stick uh, that long with uh 21 i'll be interested to see like how long i stick with uh with 22 and i think that was more less on the game and more just like i, I was kind of tuned out of baseball last year um so maybe i'll get into uh, hopefully uh more into just like sticking with it and actually paying uh, paying attention to the season because that's usually what i do is I'll, I'll, I'll play a little bit and you know actually uh pay attention to my teams and, and all that stuff so um, yeah, I, I would say it's like, it's on Game Pass, I believe, uh, dropping on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, you, you, you don't have like really an excuse to not check it out if you're a baseball fan on, on Xbox. Um, if you're on PlayStation though, and I know you're listening to an Xbox podcast, it, it is one of those things where I question of like, 
is there really anything new for you here? I, I like there is uh, like some. Uh, I think they added some new moments this year, and moments was a, like an idea that they started, I believe, in 2019, where you're playing specific like moments in history of baseball, which is like really cool. Um, and and so they're they're like adding on that, and like they're doing like daily moments where they're I think they're like kind of like adding new things every day for people to check out every day, um, which is which is pretty cool to like keep people like um, interacting with uh, with that system and stuff like that. But as long as it's like the the core things, right? Like I'm not really into Diamond Dynasty. I don't I can't really speak to like if that's really changed at all. I know you know uh, when people were unpacking their cards, which is something I know that you would be really into, Mikey, right? Like you I know am. people were getting some crazy um uh unpacks on uh release night last night so i know that was uh fun for some people but i'm interested to, like here if like if diamond dynasty is like super crazy different or anything but you know franchise mode is franchise mode like you're you're gonna get what you kind of expect here even on a, a graphical level like i forget i'd have to look this up uh if mlb the show 21 was cross-gen last year and i forget if it's cross-gen this year like but nothing stood out to me graphically where it's like holy crap this is like a a, a huge step up from last year and and things like that but i don't know it yeah check it out on game pass if you're playing on playstation though i uh, maybe maybe pick it up if you need like the new rosters and stuff i know for me personally it was cool to finally see the cleveland guardians uh in yeah. the the first first year where that's going to be implemented so you know no longer have to be like ah man my home team is like you know uh definitely not not great into the you know been feeling weird about the mascot for the last uh for most of my life and all that's or not the mascot but the the logo uh for for a good chunk of my life so uh it's cool to see like all the guardian stuff updated for cleveland specifically but um yeah i, I would say like the biggest thing and again this is like a weird uh not xbox specific thing of you know being able to play it on the the switch and on the go and stuff i, th yeah. I feel like that's probably the most interesting aspect of mlb the show 22 this year right um and being able to you know transfer your whatever progression you want to transfer over what, what if that's like franchise mode or diamond dynasty and all that stuff i feel like that aspect's got to be interesting but you know i, I I did not receive a code for the Switch version, so I would have to I would have to go out of pocket to to check it out there, and so I'm I'm hesitant to be like, oh yeah, you should get it on the Switch so you can have that accessibility to play at home and then you know uh, play uh, on, you know on your way to work on the train and stuff like that, but uh, maybe try to find some Switch specific reviews. I'm interested if Digital Foundry will will do something with that since it's a, a new Switch specific thing, but. Yeah, it's 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 more MLB the show twenty two. I think right now, like quick impressions on the kind of funny scale. Like it, it would, it's like that weird like MLB the show is always great. So like it's always like it's always kind of on a four out of five. But like after year after year, where it's just kind of the same thing, it kind of teeters down to like it's okay. You know, it's it's MLB the show. So that's uh you know that's you, a little over twelve hours impressions uh, for myself though. Harrison Gary, I want to stick with that because, you know, we play a lot of sports games here at the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We've talked a lot about sports games, and we've talked about these annual releases and what that really feels like for the player base, kind of getting the same copy and paste, kind of moving forward the same way each and every year. You know, we've seen it in Madden. They've brought out the yard. We've seen it in NHL. They made it the world of shell with 3v3 and, like, no rule sets. Even NBA 2K has taken it to the neighborhood for more of a street ball vibe. Yeah, so I'll start off with you. Like, when you think of baseball, how do you bring some freshness, some new life into baseball where, you know, it is so historic? It is by the book in the diamond. Can you bring any sort of fun, fresh, new takes into a game like this? Yeah, it's it's tough on, on an annual title. I mean, not just baseball. I mean, it's honestly, it's all sports, really. It's kind of what Barrett is saying. It's like you're not going to do this complete overhaul and iterate on the system on a yearly basis. So you're really kind of just getting a roster update every year, more or less. They might tweak a few things here or there. Um, it's kind of leaning more into the fantasy aspects of it that kind of keeps it fresh year to year. Um, I've, you know, I think we've talked about this on the show before. I kind of tapped out on a lot of sports games, probably around 2011, 2012, for that very reason. It was just like, I feel like I'm giving you my $60 every year for a roster update. So ironically enough, you know, with something like MLB The Show being on Game Pass, it kind of alleviates that where you don't feel like, all right, I'm spending 60 bucks every year to keep playing baseball with a new roster. Or like he's saying, like with Cleveland, you know, they change the team name. 
um, you, you don't feel that burden. So you'll probably stay more engaged year after year playing it um, versus in the past. So it, it's tough, man. Obviously, we know like an NBA, NBA 2K has obviously been a high seller. Madden, you know, has been a high seller. I get it. But baseball, even more so, I think it's kind of tough because other than the names on the back of the jersey changing, you're still just swinging a bat. It's still just it, it, it's it's tough. So I, yeah. I totally get where Barrett's coming from on that. It's it's like I and again it's like how do you do this? Where it's like I I was thinking about it last night of like you kind of I would want to see all like not again not just like MLB the show but just like give these sports games a platform every generation. You know, where like it's it's one game and you ago. do like major updates to it every year with, when it, when it comes to like roster and you know maybe some performance things and maybe some some new modes to add into the platform every year and then you know release a new title once the next generation of consoles come out that, that's not going to happen though you want to yeah, know why I know. you want to know why it's not going to happen because people pay for it every exactly. single year Paris. exactly I know, as I long know. as people <laughs> keep spending the 60 dollars every year yeah, they're not going to and it, that. that's wild to me man it's it's really wild that people like he like these you know, games do sell well and that's why they wow. do it. And that's why they feel like they can just, you know, just iterate a little bit uh, each and every year and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I think the big test for me uh, for, for this year will really be like servers and stuff like that. I remember last year, Mikey and I trying to cross play. It was a, a little bit of a headache. Um, but since, you know, I've, I've got both the PS5 and Xbox Series S version and I was able to like link all of those accounts to, you know, my MLB The Show account and all that stuff, I can easily access uh, either console there. So that, that might be a little easier for us to maybe stream in the next week and, and, and go to head to head and stuff like that. And, you know, I think there was like the mode added last year or two years ago that was like uh, you straight up like uh, have like a league with like seven or eight other friends and stuff like that. Mike, I think I think you had like started uh, that up with maybe like Washi or something like that yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, and little things like that, which, again, this year wasn't anything super new or different. Like, even the menu is, like, the, the home menu is, like, the exact same. So it was just, like, all right. Like, because even, like, I felt like the show, like, even, like, they would, like, change at least, like, the, the menu presentation, stuff like that for at, at least once every year. But that that wasn't even really changed up this year. It's all It's all pretty much the same. I am really looking forward to this year's The Show because they added in the co-op feature, which I think is a really fun way to keep it a little fresh, right? Now me and Barrett can play on the same team, whether we're going head-to-head with others or in Diamond Dynasty. So I really look forward to checking out co-op and having that cross-play. I think we'll continue to build up that player base. But Paris, you're so right. It's like, how do you continue to evolve and make this great? And I think we look at Game Pass and say, you know, you have the partnership with EA what would it take to get to the next level of putting those sports titles day and date on Game Pass to re- breathe in some fresh air? It'd be kind of cool to see. But let's talk about Game Pass a little more because Gary Witta <laughs> and Paris Lilly, you might have gotten your wish here. Our good friend over at Jez Corden from Windows Central has got the scoop on an Xbox Game Pass family plan that's currently in the works and could be releasing sooner than later. So let's jump into it. Coming from Windows Gaming Central, our good friend Jez Corden with the scoop. He writes, according to trusted sources familiar with Microsoft's efforts, we can now confirm that Xbox is moving ahead with an Xbox Game Pass family plan, which could be set to launch sometime this year. From our information, paying a higher tier for an Xbox Game Pass family membership will net you access for five players for games across the entire library and will be far cheaper than paying for five separate Xbox Game Pass accounts as is necessary today. Utilizing Microsoft's family account system already in use for Office 365, players within the same country will be able to play together using a single Xbox Game Pass subscription managed by a central account holder in much the same way as Netflix. Some details remain unclear for now, though, for example, there will be separate family plans for PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass consoles, or will it be exclusive to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate? And the exact pricing is still unknown as of writing this, besides that it will be reportedly far cheaper than having to pay for several separate accounts as required today. Gary Widow, you've asked for it. You're about to get it, it seems like. I guess what we really need to know is two things. Is it Ultimate or is it console exclusive? What is the price point, Gary? With a five accounts on this, 
What are your thoughts right now as we think about this? What is it for what is it for Game Pass right now? What's the base price for Game Pass? Console is $9.99. Yeah. Ultimate is $14.99, Gary. So that works out to about times five, 49 and 149, Gary. So what about what about what about $19.99 for regular family and like $24.99 for like ultimate family, something like that. Might might get maybe it'll be something like that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't do the ultimate part at all. It will just be for consoles. Remains to be seen. I think, you know, they'll they'll try to find a price that's reasonable. The thing that I'm most glad to hear is that it's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't have to be people in the same household, right? You can, because, yes. you know, I, like right. if my mother-in-law who's, you know, across the state or um, uh, my nephew or whatever wants to get in on this, you know, I can, we we can do that. That's, that's how it works right now with our, um, with our uh, Nintendo um, Switch online family plan where we have like multiple family members in different places. We're scattered all over, but we're all on the same plan. Uh, I would love to do that if, um, if you know, I've, I've got family members in other households that might want to get in on it. I'll happily uh, kind of subsidize them. And uh, again, even even within our, even within our own um, household, and we've got we've got like multiple Xboxes in different rooms. It'll be nice if my kid can jump onto her Game Pass subscription and play a Game Pass game and not have to worry about being on my account, which I might be using somewhere else at the same time. So I think it would definitely simplify things. It'll be nice to um, you know to get, to get more details on the on the pricing and the logistics and what the actual offering is going to be but in broad strokes absolutely yes yeah, step in the right direction i don't know if microsoft if we're just very prescient and get we, we get very lucky with the predictions that we make <laughs> or if they're actually listening to us and like phil spencer's like hear what paris said go make that happen it's like it's like we, we say it here it comes out there it's like we seem to be very very good at predicting microsoft's next move around here one way or another but yeah it's 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 the family plan as we as we had mentioned in the past was like a big blind spot in an otherwise really really cool um game pass you know offering uh that they have over there so it'll be it'll be nice to finally check that box there's lily you have been a big advocate for this is this a step in the positive right direction and of course same question for you what are we doing is it going to be console are we going to take advantage of ultimate and be able to get everything for everyone so everyone can feel the power of playing on the cloud on their phone they can jump over and get the pc side of things what what are you really thinking here yeah, I, I was very happy to see this for obviously we, we've talked about it many times here on the show, just my family dynamic, it, it would make a lot of sense to have a family plan for Game Pass. Um, I'm actually a little a little different than Gary on this because okay. yeah, you, you were making a face when I was throwing out the prices there. Did you think yeah. I was coming in too high or well, something? Well, no, oh, it, I... it wasn't so much that it was, I don't think they're going to do a two tiered approach where they'll okay. have a console version. I think every, oh. I just think you push it all to ultimate. And the reason I do is because of it being family and Xbox is promoting that you don't need an Xbox to be able to experience game pass. You can do it on the PC. You can do it on the cloud as well so obviously mobile devices and all that so what better way for for people in your family to be able to have access to it hey i'm on my cell phone i want to go play a game i can't because of the family plan i'm on my pc i can't right you know etc obviously on the console pricing if it's if it's ultimate i i agree with you at the low end i do think 25 seems right i could see that going as high as 35 because it's five people I always thought, oh, they would do four people, but the fact that they would do five people, five people would have access to Game Pass. I think that pushes it up a notch. So I would love to see because I originally, I know we talked about in the past, I was thinking twenty to twenty-five, mm -hmm. but now that we're saying a fifth person, I'm thinking more twenty-five could be as high as thirty-five, which I do think would be too high. I think twenty-five to thirty is probably right. Well, I mean, right. I, that, see, that seems high to me. I think they could maybe even come in lower, and you don't want to get too confusing. You don't want to, you don't want to end up with a PlayStation Plus Essentials yeah, expanded yeah. Ultimate Gold right. Super Mega whatever, where there's so many tiers, people are confused. No, but right now, tier, right, just one tier. But I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking in my head, price pricing. What would they I'm wondering price if it's at? like if it's ten and fifteen right now. Maybe you do yeah. fifteen for regular Xbox uh, Game Pass family and 20 for ultimate family or something like that. I don't know. Like five, I think five right. is five is pretty generous. I think I, 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 Nintendo actually gives you more. I think you can do up to seven uh, with the Nintendo uh, uh, family switch online. Um, it remains to be seen. It's It's going to be in that ballpark with all these numbers thrown around. We're not going to be more than like $5 off either way. It's going to be, it's going to be in that area. The question is, do is it a new tier 
Or you know what would be real? I mean, they won't do this, but what would be really cool is they just if they just rolled rolled the family features into the existing ultimate and said, you know what, same price, but now you get family as well. <laughs> like that would be People that would be a, that would away, be a Gary. very baller move. Then, then it yeah. would be truly ultimate. I don't. I mean, that that would be. Here's the thing: you think about ultimate, right? It's like maybe you're not ultimate can be many different things right so maybe you're not interested maybe you don't have a pc maybe you don't maybe you don't want ultimate because you don't do you don't use the pc features maybe you don't do cloud streaming so you're not going to need it for that but maybe you have a family so like one way or another ultimate is going to check some kind of box for you and there's a reason to spend the extra five bucks but the reason i'll, I'll say again the reason i think they go one tier and go ultimate and and we need to get into this new story too because i gotta I, I got something i want to say about it is the fact that xbox live gold is also a part of ultimate so yes. you're also making gold uh, a family tier for gold as well because all that would be rolled up into it and because if you got people in your family that want to play online they all have to have xbox live gold to be able to do it as a current right because i don't think you can share that i don't think you can right now so i think each individual in the house would have to have Xbox Live Gold to play online, right? I think I'm right. Yes, I believe uh, you have to have Xbox Live Gold to play online yeah. multiplayer games yeah. that so, aren't free for everyone right. out there. Right, but I guess my point is the fact that I have gold, I can't share that with the entire family. Only someone that's a sub account on the console can right. do it. I forget. I, I might be screwing this up. I apologize if I am. But it just seems to me that since they're promoting multiple platforms to play xbox again we know a tv app's coming right that's that's another angle to this too there's all going to be all these different ways that you can access game pass i don't see them having a family plan that can't access that because i always use my wife as an example my wife buying she's buying the cheapest one and then she's going to be mad why it doesn't work <laughs> right so i just think you make it ultimate so that that covers all bases all platforms you know, it, everyone yeah. has access to it, you know? Whatever they need to do, they need to keep it simple. I, I think yeah. they, they, they want to try to avoid falling into that trap that Sony fell into earlier this week with the multiple different tiers and people right. were confused about what's in each one. And there is, and, and Microsoft already has some confusion about the difference between Game Pass and Gold and games with Gold and all this different stuff. So if, if they can keep it simple and, you know, you need to, you need to be explain it very, very quickly, because especially when you're dealing with families, you do live with like moms and dads who are going to be the family administrators. They, I don't have time to, you know, to, to learn all the different confusing aspects. It's just it has to be something very, very simple. So um, I think this will, especially considering so many games on the, on the Xbox platform are covered under Game Pass now, this will at least solve that problem of, oh, I can't play this game right now because you're trying to play something else on my account yep. on another Xbox or whatever. And only the, home only the home Xbox, the master mm -hmm. machine has all of these privileges and so forth. We've, I, I've talked before on the, on the podcast about how you know, that can be really infuriating. So uh, as long as you're playing games within the Game Pass ecosystem, which is, if not all, certainly many of them and, and, and all of the big Xbox first party titles, um, it will solve that problem in a snap as well, which is something that, that's something they've needed to do for a while. You guys threw out some prices there. Gary, you blew me away with how cheap you're going. And I like that, Gary. I'd love I'm to telling you, get aggressive. You, do we expect maybe, let's say they do land on Ultimate. Five accounts under Ultimate. Do we land on $50? That means everybody's saving five. Everybody's putting $10 in the pots. Or does it have to be cheaper than 50 to wow you? Too? Yes. Yeah, it does. It, really? I, okay. Okay. Listen, you got to go cheap. Everyone's still broke. No one, people don't have a lot of money to spend these days. I think if you like, if you, if, if it's about value, you've, you, you've, you've got to come in at a really, um, especially families, right? You're managing family budgets and all of these different subscriptions these days, Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus Amazon, you name it, that that's now become part of the family budget. If you're sitting at sitting at the kitchen table, figuring out, you know, how much you've got to spend on, you know, food and subscription, like having Netflix and, and Disney plus that's practically, practically a utility these days, right? That's not a luxury anymore for families. Like that's your basic kind of entertainment ration. So, and the, the, you add up all these subscriptions and they can start to get really expensive. So if, if Microsoft want to see a lot of uptake on a family plan, I think it, it's in their interest to make it as, as cheap as possible. The, the really more I'm thinking about it as we're talking this out, $29.99. Yeah. $29.99. It's, it's, it's double the price of an individual ultimate account. And you're basically saying three more people get added, quote unquote, for free by doing yeah. it that way, right? The okay. whole family can come in for, for $30. That seems fair to me. Um, $50 would 
really dissuade a lot of people, in my opinion. I, I think that's too much. I think people will say, well, I'll just continue to buy individual games piecemeal versus give you $50 a month so my yeah. family could play. Um, like I said, at the low end, I, 20, 25 to me would be super aggressive in that. Um, yeah. I think 35 is probably about as high as I would want to see it go, but 30 makes the most sense. That you can market great value for the family. I can I can already see the, the, the E3 promos for it. Everyone's smiling with the kids and playing. Be great. I think 30 bucks, 29.99. That is a, a killer price. And it'll be really interesting to see the price point's going to matter here because then the conversation will set in what's up with Xbox Gold, what's up with Xbox Game Pass for console or PC, right? Like now you get kind of close where I'm looking at you pairs going, well, I'm paying $10 a month. I should be on the family plan with five other people if that's how much they're paying. That's uh, yeah. going to be a fun conversation. But let's bring Xbox Live Gold in really quick because, of course, we have April's Games with Gold conversation starting up right now. And also we're going to loop in because the big PlayStation news was PlayStation Spartacus. So let's talk about all this right after a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just gonna give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15 year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sure I threw Barrett Courtney a curveball there producing. No, the that was twos, great. He got I, it. I knew you. I, you, were, you were coming up the court and I saw you from a mile away <laughs> and you, you tossed you. it to me and I, I got that time. Code. There you Perfect. go. So let's talk about Xbox Gold, Xbox Live Gold right now, because our games with gold for the month of April are coming in right now. We have four games, two backwards compatible, and of course, two uh, current gen consoles for you on the Xbox One and Series X and S. So you have another site, Pew, Outpost, uh, Kalo K, X, and MX versus ATV Alive. Now guys, we've had this conversation before of what are you doing with games with gold? What are we doing with Xbox Live Gold, right? Then the conversation kind of comes down to, hey, they should just cut games with gold they have game pass but on the opposite side what i want to bring into this conversation right now is this week we saw playstation spartacus announced and playstation plus is now rolled up with playstation now to make the new playstation tiers and we'll talk about the competition in a second but paris i know you're eager to talk about this because we've just seen playstation plus and now get rolled together do we think we'll see that with xbox game pass and xbox gold anytime soon you know it's funny because obviously we're talking about this because we saw the, the games that come out and let's just be honest the offering is getting worse every month just is um to the point it, it really makes you question why are we even doing gold at this point so i don't think that they're going to get rid of it i i because you don't want to force people to basically pay more to go up to, to ten dollars a month for game pass because you would think logically we'll just make it in the base game pass and be done I don't think they're going to do that. So I do think they're going to keep a, this bottom tier $5 a month. This is how you play online games and they'll have some offerings with it. So the compromise I think is you need to evolve it and okay. you need to take some, look, obviously we don't work in the back rooms who knows what the financial repercussions of this is, but on the outside looking in, they need to make the offerings better for gold. Cause I understand with gold, you, once you get it, you own it. You could cancel gold tomorrow and you own those games but the game offerings just simply need to be better i mean these are literally bargain bin items that they're giving you and when you look especially now with spartacus coming out you look at what you get with playstation plus most months they're decent enough right 
that I'm like, okay, I can understand what PlayStation is doing those games. And eh, maybe I played that game already, but ah, eh, what the heck? Let me let me make sure I grab it and and I have it in my library. Where the stuff with gold, I'm at the point I don't even care. Why would I want to own that? These aren't games I would play. These aren't games that anyone is eagerly wanting to play. So they got to they got to figure out a way to kind of up the ante, so to speak, at the bottom tier. Offer something a little more quality. Make a deal with a few indie studios or something, and and have not necessarily a day and date indie game there, but maybe an indie game from a few years ago. You know that was of quality as a part of that offering that that you get in gold. Whatever the I don't know. Go back into the back catalog of Xbox titles, something to where it feels like it's more worth it than what it is right now. Because the games aren't why you're spending that five dollars a month. You're literally just doing it so you can play online. And that's and that's if you don't subscribe to Game Pass. I still think gold should be in the bottom tier of Game Pass, regardless. I think that ten dollar Game Pass on console should have gold as a part of it. And if you don't want to subscribe to Game Pass and you just want to be able to play online, make it make it a little better something because this this is just like i I pay attention to what the community says it's not just me saying this a lot of people just see what xbox live gold is compared to what playstation is doing with playstation plus it it just does not compete at all not at the bottom tier do you think this is a product of game pass where you're putting your first party titles day and date and in the service no matter how old they are right and now maybe you can't give those away as gold because they're already in there like do you think this is a weird juggle they're having problems with? Right I now? think so, but that but that also goes to my point. If you're going to keep that prereq that a game that I grab out of gold I own, then make that make and again, you don't have to take a newer Xbox game. It could be some old Xbox One game. I, I don't know. I'm just pulling out a game, Rise or something, right? I can grab Rise out of out of gold and I own it now. Maybe you make a deal with a few third parties, some old, older Ubisoft titles, maybe The Division or something. You can grab that and now you own it. An older Assassin's Creed game, something like that. That's why I brought up the indie titles as well, to where it at least feels like maybe it's a game I missed from a few years ago. Oh, that would be cool. Let, let me go grab that. Now I own it. But it's also in Game Pass too for people, whatever. I, I, I get it. But it's at least having that sense of ownership that if I cancel that sub, I still have access to that game. Whereas we know now with Game Pass, you cancel Game Pass, you lose access to everything. To me, that would be the kind of the trade-off there. But they, they, they just need to make the offerings a little more attractive, in my personal opinion, because I think it does more harm than good. I, I don't even know if Barrett has it up. But if you look at the games that they have this month, I'm just like, it's almost a turnoff. Like, yeah. really? Who wants to play that? No one wants to play those games. I, honestly, I didn't even like uh, look them up because yeah. I, I looked at the list. I was like, none of this seems interesting to even. But show, that's so. but that's exactly my exactly. point. They weren't even worth the effort to put, for you to put it in the show. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So they got to do something. They get they got to up the ante on it. Okay, Widow, what are your thoughts on games with gold? How would you elevate this product if you were able to do that? Yeah, I wish they would. I wish they would just simplify the offering and, and roll the online multiplayer into Game Pass and have it be just the one thing that you need. Um, so far as games with gold is concerned, honestly, I sometimes have to be reminded that it's still a thing that they do because it's not that exciting. It's starting to feel very, very vestigial in the age of, of game pass these days. And I can't remember the last time there was a game on games with gold that was like, Ooh, that's worth, that's worth grabbing. Um, the PlayStation, the, 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 the closest analogy to games with gold is PlayStation plus, right? Which is online multiplayer. Plus we'll throw a few games at you uh every month you know i think playstation plus does two games with god i can't remember how many they do was it like three or something i know playstation plus this week is three this month is three they give you three games um and it's a mixed bag there as well i think on playstation plus like slay the spire is a good game but the other two like who cares hey um hey no oh, slander against spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom rehydrated one of the best games from the mid-2000s that ever got remastered okay mm-hmm. no slander my <laughs> My point being that generally these have not, as, as Paris says, the, the, the offerings have not uh, been great. And I understand why. It's a, it's a different proposition to say to a third-party developer, um, hey, let's put your game on Game Pass for a limited time. People have the option to buy at a discounted rate, but you know we can also you know put it back in the box. That's the interesting thing about it. We, we don't talk about this often enough, actually, when we talk about Game Pass. Game Pass is great, but it is a bit of a double-edged sword. At the, in, in the same time, it's exciting to think about all the new things that are arriving on Game Pass. You also have to keep an eye on the stuff that's going away. Like, for example, I, I was planning to um, 
play uh, Yakuza Zero and um, and Kiwami One and Two. I had though they were on Game Pass for a long time. I never got around to them, and now they've now they've rotated out again. So I have to wait for them if they if they ever come back or buy them in order to uh, to get a chance to play those games again. So you always got to keep an eye on what's on what's leaving. It's always nice to be able to just like know that you own uh, the game and not have to worry about is it going to disappear, you know, next month or the month after. But I, I I've learned to kind of keep a, a weather eye on um, the stuff that's going as well to make sure. Oh shit, if, if there's something going, maybe I should play that now before it goes away. Same you know the same like you try to catch a, a movie on Netflix before it disappears at the end of the month or whatever. But yeah, I would, I, I agree. I agree with Paris. Either, either get rid of it or make it better. But right now it kind of falls awkwardly between these two stores where it's just, it's not that great. No one's excited. We are all excited about game pass talking all the time. Like when's, when's the last time we've been doing an Xbox, an Xbox podcast now for a long, long time. When's the last time we, we really talked about games with gold and what's popping off on games of gold this week. Hardly ever. Cause it's just not that great. I, I can actually tell you the last time, in my opinion, they had a decent game in, in gold. It was January 2021. They had Little Nightmares. That was it. Okay. That was the last one that I remember. I was like, oh, I need to go grab that because I, I didn't play it before. So I'm like, let me go grab that now before, while I have a chance. And if I get around to it, I'll play it because I think they did it right before the sequel was coming out, which made a lot of sense. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. Do stuff like that. That makes a lot right. of sense to me. And that at least at, at $5 a month, there's an appeal there to where, okay, maybe not the greatest game. It's an older game. That's fine. But it's, it's good enough that I feel like I'm getting some value out of it, especially compared, like we're talking about PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus over the years has definitely had some games that you get every month that, hey, even if I don't play it right away, that's worth me making sure I grab it so I can go play it down the road later. And of course, talking about the competition, we now know this week PlayStation Spartacus has been revealed. This was rumored to be competition for Xbox Game Pass. Turns out it's kind of on a different level, but still, they might push Xbox here because they're offering their tagline is over 700 plus games in their catalog. You have game trials and collaborations with third party partners to add games into the catalogs and service, of course. We talk all the time about EA Play and that awesome offering to third parties. We've seen a lot of great third-party partnerships come into Game Pass. Paris, I'll kick it to you first. Is this a threat to Xbox Game Pass? Will this make, you know, fill in the team elevate games with gold and Game Pass offerings? Or could we see a cut to third-party partnerships with Sony stepping into the ring? I think gold, yes, for everything that we just talked about. Game Pass, absolutely not. And PlayStation, Spartacus, whatever we're calling it. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I wasn't surprised to see what the tiers looked like and what they offered. So it is what it is. But I knew going in, this wasn't going to be a quote unquote true Game Pass um, competitor because they're not going to give you games day and date. Um, it, it seems like this is more of the middle tier seems like the one that makes the most sense to me um, because you're going to get access to some of the the best PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, you know, probably, you know, a year, 18 months after they release. So really, if you have patience, you'll be able to get the games through the service versus spending $70 for them at launch because they talked about Miles Morales coming, Returnal. We know eventually things like Ratchet and Clank, things like that are, are going to be in that service. I'm at that top tier, getting access to the back catalog of PlayStation 2, what, PS, PS1, PS2, what was it, PSP? games but the ps3 games you still have the cloud stream i was kind of eh, that's unfortunate um I, I would like a download option there along with the streaming as well but you know that damn cell processor i'm sure is what what's causing the headache with it with the emulation on that um overall like i said i think the middle tier makes the most sense um if to, to get i'm kind of on the fence of do i just stick with the because i have playstation plus do i just keep what i currently have or do i go to the middle tier i'm kind of leaning towards subscribing to that middle tier but you know we'll see as more information comes out i'm just not sure that top tier is for me because i don't have enough interest in wanting to go to the back catalog of stuff um through through playstation plus to have access to it on let's just keep it real as xbox show i would rather have access to all my backwards compatible games like xbox is doing where if i if i own it i can go play it whereas right now you can't yep. do that on playstation so I'd probably get the middle tier. 
that was a really interesting move there because you know over here on the xbox side jason ronald and the team have done a phenomenal yeah. job with the backwards compatibility program and like that's not tied to game pass that's not time to xbox live gold that's just buy it off the storefront or if the game is updated and ready to go put it in with the disc and you're good to go it is very interesting to see that hidden behind a paywall yeah Here, you and i talked about this on the day it broke on tuesday you know, That's a couple right. of days later, how are you feeling right now about PlayStation Plus and the brand new tiers? A threat to Xbox, or are you jumping up to PlayStation Premium on the third tier? It hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't changed my essential calculus. Where if somebody, if somebody were to to ask me today, should they get a PlayStation or an Xbox? I would still say get an Xbox because you know, even though they're very, very similar boxes, with ninety percent of the games are the same, there's not, there's really not a lot in it. Game Pass is is the is the big differentiate differentiator. It's just such an incredible value. You got to have it. It makes it, it makes a big difference. Is is the fact that PlayStation Plus now has these additional tiers? Does that like balance it out again? No, because while it's while it's a much better offering than the base PlayStation Plus that's available now, which ain't that great, it's still not as good as Game Pass. And the and the and the big differentiator is um the day and date new releases that's you know xbox laid down a big big marker with you know forza halo gears of war age of empires starfield all of these games a day and date plus you know all of the you know mlb 22 that we were just talking about artful escape tunic you know the list goes on all these wonderful indie games and third-party games like every week we're, we're surprised oh shit that's on game pass like that happens on the regular mm. right we're always amazed by how much stuff they're able to get on game pass sony for whatever reason either because they're not willing to spend the money or they they just philosophically don't believe in it jim ryan you know made, made some vague statement this week about how he just doesn't think it's the right decision for sony they're just they're just not gonna go there they're not gonna they're not gonna match microsoft you know their equivalent that would be you know uncharted last of us you know god of war all you know these amazing first party titles like gran turismo all of these are going to be day and date you know you know burned into you know playstation plus you know mega ultra whatever their top tier is they're just not going to do it so it's it's not a true competitor um but for but for people who are already in the playstation ecosystem i think it's going to be a very interesting option they're going to want to look at the biggest thing is and we talked about this earlier in the week mike is we don't know what the games are yet. Show me. Let's let's see what the games are. They say okay, four hundred yeah. games on this tier, seven hundred games on that tier. Okay, fine. What are the games? Are they? You know, are, is it going to be a lot of filler? Is it is it going to be a lot of bargain bin trash, or are they going to be a lot of games on there that we actually want to play until they actually start rolling out the specific lists? We won't we won't know like how good this offering really is. But I did, Sony definitely need to make the, they at least needed to close the gap between game pass and playstation plus because it was an epic epic chasm between the two in terms of the value that they that, that they offer and i think that and I, and I think that this will at least close the gap and you know, playstation will be able to make a better argument about oh yeah if, if you if you buy our subscription service we have all this great stuff as well and they'll be able to kind of like wave a bunch of games that they have and it'll be good stuff again way better than what they have right now but and but unless and as Paris is right, nobody really expected them to go to to to, to go toe to toe with Microsoft on the day and date first party and ex, you know exclusive PlayStation new releases. Um, so we weren't terribly surprised. But like even Blessing, you know, with one of the biggest PlayStation stands that we know, co-host of um, you know PS, uh, I love you, uh, was 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 a guest on the show this week saying he was kind of over uh, underwhelmed by it. So it it seems like the general view um among playstation gamers this this past week was kind of like yeah all right let, let's see the games but like generally just kind of like a bit meh like it didn't blow anybody away yeah. it felt like the blog post news amount is right that's a blog post is right yeah guys as we start to say goodbye to this episode i want to ramp down with one final story because this year we're saying goodbye to e3 it was announced this week that e3 is officially ca uh, canceled we knew about the uh, in-person event being canceled. But now we fully know that E3 2022 will not happen this year digitally or in person. Of <laughs> course, the ESA did say that they are looking to return 2023, but that also leads a gap for this summer. Of course, we know Jeff Keighley and his Summer Games Fest will probably fill the whole of that. But it is interesting because Paris, Gary, and myself, we've all talked about E3. We've attended E3 before, and it's kind of brought the gamers together for a full week of announcements and fun with new games coming up in the, you know, the near future. Where do we stand now, Paris Lily, with an Xbox event? Will they tie themselves 
to Jeff Keeley? Do they do their own thing? What will summer 2022 look like without E3? You know, it's funny. I uh, I was in a spaces with Jeff Keeley today talking about this very subject. He was obviously talking about Summer Games Fest and, you know, his thoughts on E3 and just kind of where he sees everything headed moving moving forward. Um, to answer your question, I, I think Xbox just does their own thing. I don't think they necessarily tie it to, to what Jeff is doing. It sounds like what Jeff is doing is he's making his, you know, his partnerships and, and deals and he'll have reveals. He said he'll have kind of a hybrid um, digital and in-person um, event and we'll obviously get more information on that, you know, moving forward. And the fact that he's planning to do some in-person things, I just think Xbox probably will probably schedule something close to those dates but not on the same day and just basically do what they did last year to me that that makes the most sense i i thought they did a great job last year with their showcase and uh, you know their host on the extended was pretty good too but uh, <laughs> but but um yeah I, I i just think they'll do their own thing and they're they obviously have a lot there's a lot you know it's funny if, if i can pause on that real quick yeah there's a lot of expectation for whatever they're going to do this summer because they've clearly been very light the first half of this year on game announcements, obviously actual game releases, the whole thing. So I don't know if pressure is the right word, but I'm going to say it anyways. There's a lot of pressure on, on Xbox to deliver a, a huge showcase this summer. Clearly Starfield is going to be the star of it. We know that. But beyond that, we need to see what the next Forza is. Am I going to see Avowed? Are we going to see Fable? Are they going to show Perfect Dark? There's so many games that we know are in production that we've heard so little about that people are going to have the expectation that we're going to see them this summer. So, yeah, I, I expect them to have a huge show. It, it Like, you know, they did the showcase in the extended. To, I almost think they got to do something like that again, because if they have enough news that I'm expecting them to have, it probably makes sense to split it up over two shows so they don't try and cram it just into a 90 minute, two hour show. It probably needs more time than that. So, yeah, they're they're going to do their own thing for sure. Gary Witter, you've been in this industry a long time and you've known E3 since pretty much the beginning up till now, right? A full year off. Is this the moment where Jeff Keighley gives the killing blow to E3 and ESA, or do we expect that to return, Gary Witter? Um, I got to say, I'm not terribly sorry to see E3 going, if that is indeed what's happening. And yeah, I'm old enough. To, I mean, I used to go to CES before E3 even existed, and I was at the very first E3, so I remember it very well. But it also makes me think that I wonder sometimes if, like, the, those of us in, like, in the media bubble who like actually would go to E3 are making a bit making a bit too much of a of a, of a big deal out of the fact that it's it's kind of past its sell by date and it's and it's it's going to go away most likely because we were the ones that kind of got the most out of it right we actually got to go to the show mm -hmm. hang out at the Figueroa hotel go to all the junkets and the crazy things and go to the you know, go to the, the behind behind closed doors events and hang out with celebrities and all the bullshit that you get to do at E3 and go to the big xbox borg cube and feel the excitement of being there you know in person for the for the general public for everyone else it was always something that they just kind of experienced remotely and whatever replaces e3 is going to be very much the same experience whether it's a whether it's jeff Keeley fest or um xbox and playstation and nintendo just kind of doing their own thing i just think we're at a point where look e3 has given us many great moments and many great memories over the years and it's a big part of game industry history but i think it is now kind of passing into history the idea of like one big monolithic summer show where everyone comes together is starting to feel a bit old-fashioned in the modern age not no longer really fit for purpose you've got you, you've got you know other you know the ign's of the world the keelys of the world the xbox playstations the nintendo's of the world are realizing we don't really need it they're happy to do their own thing and uh and show these games off you know on their own terms and on their own schedule and so the only thing that's really being lost here is a few days of journalists getting drunk at the, at the fig right that's that's really <laughs> God, like i what, miss it that's, so much that's that's when when you see people bemoaning like E3 going away, you have to remember these are the people that experienced it the way that the vast majority of the general public never did, which exactly. is like in person, hanging out with their industry pals, having a drink, going getting to go behind closed doors. And we're all saying like, that those people, that very small subset of people are going to be sad to see that go away. But I think for the industry at large and for gamers who are watching at home, it's going to make almost no difference to them. Something else will replace it that's more that's more modern, better suited to the modern age, and and uh, you know time moves on. It's going to be a very interesting and exciting summer. We'll see what Jeff Keeley has planned, what partners 
he can bring together for a fun little uh, Jeff Keighley fest. But most importantly, as Xbox fans, we look to Xbox to see what's next. What is the big moment? I'm going to be very excited to see that announcement and all of the fun. But you know what, guys? Let's get out of here. Let's get ready for the weekend. Gary Witta, Paris Lilly, thank you for your time. Thank you for another great Xcast. Everybody watching and listening, play a bunch of video games. Check out Weird West. Get ready for MLB The Show. You also have the Lego Star Wars coming out next week, so yeah. you got a lot of games coming your way. So Isn't have Greg fun. Streaming? Greg is streaming that on Greg the Xbox Greg is streaming channel. on yeah. Xbox. Oh, thank you, Paris. Yeah, we yeah. should announce that. Greg will be streaming that live over on the Xbox channel to celebrate Star Wars. So go check him out and support him and uh, bring some green into that chat. And We'll see you all soon. Goodbye.